If the sun therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for July 1st, 2012. And today's study is it's about a 13 to 14 page study, and it's going to be pretty much dedicated to really how the radical homosexual agenda is overtaking society, particularly in America. I'm going to be going over a lot of um, current examples of that. Uh, we're also going to be looking at this recent uh, Sandusky, Jerry Sandusky case, the pedophile um, devil that uh, has been recently convicted of um, numerous molestations of young boys over a long period of time. And um, we're just going to be pretty much looking at that today. I've just got a lot of material that kind of... Uh, I'm going to be going over regarding these things. We're also going to be looking at several Bible verses that actually deal with this subject um, so that you can understand the biblical premise behind what we're talking about. So let's go ahead and we'll start out here with the first article. And it's entitled, Sandusky's Guilt Leaves Shadow Over Larger Abuses of Power. Despite Jerry Sandusky's conviction, who will pursue the trail of the bigger devils? The accusations against um, hailed coach Jerry Sandusky shocked the world, and now a jury has found him guilty on 45 out of 48 counts related to a sexual abuse with children he had promised to help through his organization. Uh, he is convicted. His sentence is effectively prison for life, but does this close the Penn State investigation? Now that Sandusky has thoroughly has been thoroughly convicted guilty of child abuse, will authorities pursue the reports of others involved in a sex ring somehow tied to the university? Or in other words, is Jerry Sandusky just the ultimate person they're going to focus on as a in a scapegoat fashion in order to make sure that a facade of justice has been accomplished here while the people that were actually above him, the people that he was working with, they're going to go free. And again, I've done several teachings on this particular subject relating to, uh, particularly to pedophilia, child pedophilia at the highest levels of government, industry, you know, you name it. Uh, I, it's appearing as though Sandusky, yes, guilty is sin, no doubt about it, but that they're just going to focus on him and leave the other people out that were actually um, would have been implicated with him had that investigation been done. So, going further, it says, It will go on for Sandusky, of course, who will appeal the decision, but the others, the radio station NESN, gave a chilling report at the time, clearly raising questions about the possibility of higher-ups connected to this case. A reputed ring of abusers... When, I mean, these birds of a feather flock together, okay? Pedophiles, that, there's no such truer statement than that group. Remember the, the teaching I did not too long ago where we went over all the symbols they use, the pedo bear and the different types of jewelry that they wear, and I gave all the pictures and the examples of that. You can key in 
uh, pedophile or pedo bear or whatever in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com if you want to hear that teaching. Well, these guys know that they're sick. Well, I don't know if they know that. I think they think it's actually normal behavior on their part. But they know that their behavior is deviant, and they know that they also have to stick together as a result of that. They help one another out. They have these big, gigantic networks. Seldom are they just acting alone. One can cover for another and this and that, and they have these big networks up on the Internet and these big things, ways that they communicate, where they can learn how to be better pedophilic predators. They help one another out. This is one sick, disgusting, perverted, like, fraternity. So, um, this is what we're, we're in reference to here. When accusations popped up at Syracuse University, it seemed like a larger scandal was emerging. Because, see, right when all this started coming out with Jerry Sandusky, was it more than a couple weeks later, then it was also being reported at Syracuse University. And I was really praying that, you know, whatever pedophiles might be out there in this, in this sports arena, in this particular case, college football and college basketball, you know, that they'd be exposed. Uh, but the thing with Syracuse mostly died down and the larger co- crime was not unearthed. The people at the highest level of media government are the ones that are engaging in this type of activity because they're sick, they're twisted. Many of them are Luciferians, Satanists. They've sold out to Satan. And as a result, Satan has them gravitate toward these types of behaviors. Because Satan is going to continually want to defile his servants, his slaves. He wants to continually defile them more and more and more so they become more and more entrenched in sin. So that they're more easily blackmailed if that time comes. And also as they commit these atrocities, they become more and more demon-infested and they will do things they would have not normally done even maybe a couple of years ago because they have more demons dwelling within them and their conscience becomes more seared like the bible talks about the conscience their consciences are seared with a hot iron you know these types of things they're being given over to a reprobate mind like the bible talks about in Romans 1 and they not only have pleasure you know in doing these things but they have pleasure in those that do them as the Bible talks about at the end of Romans 1. Um, because misery loves company. And if they see other people doing it, 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 to them, I believe in some sick way, it kind of justifies their own behavior. Because they're like, well, I'm not that bad. I mean, that guy and that guy's doing it, you know, so I'm not too bad. You know, I, I don't know exactly what their way of thinking is, but that's where, where it seems to be. Um, coach, good old coach Joe Paterno passed away just months after stepping down as coach in the fallout over looking the other way scandal. In other words, there's no way good old Joe Pa, Coach Paterno, wasn't aware. I mean, this was like one of the main coaches on the sidelines with Coach Joe Paterno for a lot of years. Uh, He was a really good coach, evidently, this guy. But these allegations of... of, um, Sexual abuse of young boys goes way, way, way back. And they didn't investigate it. Good old Penn State didn't. So there's no way good old Joe Pa, who died shortly thereafter, and was had more wins than any other coach in college football, uh, no way he did not know about this. I don't believe it. I never 
could stand the look of that guy. Um, and now I really know why. It's just, I don't believe that, that he didn't know what was going on to a certain extent. Whatever he may have known about the powerful donor types that could have been involved, he bring this case no further information. In other words, there were a lot of potential powerful donors to Penn State that were most likely involved with Jerry Sandusky. See, he had this home called Second Mile, or this, um, for unfortunate children that come out of, you know, bad backgrounds, and he would take them under his wing, and what we're finding here is he was most likely gaining their confidence, starts to sexually molest them, and then pimping these kids out to rich donors at Penn State. This is how the world works. This is what goes on all the time behind closed doors. We're just not privy to it. Again, I covered, I did like a 10-part teaching on this subject um, that I believe I even provide the links to here in this study. So, um, it seems the claims that children had been pimped out to rich donors seems all but forgotten, because that was one of the things that came out. But, you know what, we don't want to explore that, because that would probably implicate a lot of the people, a lot of higher-ups in, in, in you know, these uh, Luciferic, Satanic, Illuminati type system. And Jerry Sandusky was most likely a lower-level um, minion that, yes, was very, very sick, but was most likely one of those ones. He was in an ideal position to actually acquire young boys for the rich donors. He was like the middleman, and he was going to be the scapegoat and the, uh, you know, for when this all went down, he was going to be the one that takes all the, the, the rap for everything. So, will those people continue their crimes, unstopped and unpunished? Well, obviously, yes, the rich donors. Of course, they're not going to get away with it, ultimately. I mean, God's going to, I mean, <laughs> the, the fate that awaits them in hell is, is you know, in, un, unthinkable, undescribable. So, will those people continue their crimes unstopped and unpunished? Sadly, history shows us a pattern of criminal decadence among many of the most powerful leaders in the world who assume immunity and only rarely face accountability. Now, I'll give you a few links here. One was, uh, regarding this particular thing, flashback, Jerry Sandusky rumored to have been pimping out young boys to rich donors. Another one, flashback, institutional pedophile ring now stretches to Syracuse basketball. Another one, media ignores Santorum's support for accused child molester Sandusky. Probably, you know, I don't know. Santorum was a Catholic, I believe. Sandusky, I think, was a Methodist. I don't know. Anyway, another report reads, Sadly, justice may have been only partially served with the corporate-controlled media and most of the world, ignoring the initial claims that Sandusky was running a child sex ring through his foundation called Second Mile. Months before Sandusky's story broke through the corporate media, little-known sports reporter Mark Madison broke the story, which was, at the time, largely ignored. Shortly after, the corporate media finally started to report the story, and the scandal became known worldwide. Madden and others in the corporate press then reported a series of shocking claims that, weren't, went, that were then backtracked and labeled as, quote, rumors, and, and unfounded without so much as being investigated by one major paper or cable news outlet. So in other words, there was a massive cover-up of the really larger 
issue with the story, which we could just focus on Sandusky, which is what happened. So we can put this one man under a microscope and say, oh, it's just this isolated incident, when, it, when in reality he was working with other people. An article published on the blog section of the Huffington Post November 11, 2012, reported on the claims by Madden and others, which were originally aired on a radio show and through numerous nondescript tweets. Shockingly, there are reports that even more depraved details about the sexual crimes allegedly committed by Sandusky will be revealed in the coming days. Fortunately, that never happened. Cover-up ensued. As the quasi-riots shook the Penn State campus late Wednesday evening and early Thursday morning, Sports by Brooks began tweeting ominous messages about allegations that have yet to become public. And I'm reading his tweets. Um, first one said, I can confirm there will, there will soon be new major allegations involving child sex abuse in the Sandusky case. Told tonight it could come before Saturday. And then the next one. If what I was told is true about the details of the, of the new allegations in Sandusky child sex case is true, it will horrify the public. Third tweet, this is a deadly serious matter. Keep the victims in your thoughts. Cannot emphasize that enough. In your thoughts. What is, what is in your thoughts? I can understand in your prayers, but in your thoughts? <laughs> what good is that going to do? Anyway, Mark Madison went on to make similar claims in a radio interview where he said, quote, I can give you, now remember, these are like regional type of radios and, and, and people that are reporting on this on a, on a local level. This is the stuff that doesn't make it to the, to the uh, national media because the national media is controlled by these types of pedophilic devils. I can give you a rumor and I can give you something that I think might happen, Madden said on the radio. I hear there's a rumor that there will be a more shocking development from Second Mile Foundation. And hold on to your stomachs. Um, boys, this is this is gross. I will only use language I can. That Jerry Sandusky and Second Mile were pimping out young boys to rich donors. That was being investigated by two prominent columnists, even as I speak. And then there were two more tweets from corporate media journalists who also spoke about the wider pedophile ring. Here's one. Dan Bernstein. I give you the little picture of the guy in, in his, his uh, I don't know, his tweet address. I, I, don't, I don't do that, so I don't really know what that's about. But anyway, he says, FYI, names are being checked with Sandusky's second mile, and there are other older adult men with curious relationships. This is only the start. There were a lot of very, very prominent people on the board to the second mile charity, and I believe a lot of them were also donors to Penn State. So what perfect, this is just like the Boy Scouts. This is why pedophiles gravitate to the Boy Scouts. I'm not saying all scout masters are pedophiles. I'm saying that it's a proven fact, though, that pedophiles will gravitate to wherever they can have access to young girls, young boys, whatever their sick fancy is. Okay? So this is the perfect cover for pedophiles, particularly when you got a pedophile that started it and is leading it in the form of Jerry Sandusky. So, soon after this was reported, writers began to speculate that another Franklin scandal was on our hands. We'll discuss that in a second. And that the shocking facts would begin to be exposed and many other powerful people in America would be identified as pedophiles. In a similar vein, political bloggers Michael Collins, Roger Schuler, and Wayne Madsen alleged that the scandal could implicate prominent Penn State supporters in a sex cover-up and that it parallels elsewhere, including the so-called Franklin scandal, two 
two decades ago, which centered on Omaha and Boys Town in Nebraska. Goes on to say, are Americans finally prepared to face an issue that more or less disappeared when reports about the Franklin scandal surfaced in the late 1980s? The Franklin scandal involved a child prostitution ring that had its origins at orphanages in Nebraska and reportedly made its way to the Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush administrations. Yeah, you heard that right. Remember, I said the highest level people. Investigative work by the Washington Times brought the story to the open. Craig J. Spence, a Republican lobbyist who reportedly arranged nocturnal tours for male prostitutes at the Reagan White House, was found dead in a room in the Boston Ritz-Carlton in November of 1989. Um, This is a story from the Washington Times, June 29, 1989. Uh, Below is a story White House officials uh, with other networks, were working as detailed in the case made in the Franklin cover-up. This Washington Times article describes one call boy who was only 15, who was taking a tour of the White House. He was a male prostitute at night. Call boys took midnight tour in the White House. Homosexual prostitution ring in snares. Uh, VIPs with Reagan and Bush. And there's a they show one of those canceled... Uh, remember how they used to have the, the credit card things that you slide... And they give you the pieces of paper. I maybe they still have them. I don't know. Um, they've got one of those in the very. It's on the very front page of the Washington Times. Um, Callboys took midnight tour of the White House. <laughs> Everything I've ever read about this type of stuff always the, the people that the presidents are always implicated in some type of all kind of stuff with Bush, all kind of stuff with Reagan, uh, Obama, big time, huge. Not so much White House stuff, but before he was in there. I don't know what's going on after. But there's all kinds of stuff, but it's just covered up. You'll, you'll see it one blip on one media outlet, and then it's gone. Sanitized, essentially. Of course, as we know, the story was never fully reported on and went to be ignored and covered up by the actual corporate media. Sadly, the fact is a few actually, the fact is few actually know whether or not these claims are true because the corporate media refused to look into them. One logical possible theory as to why this happened is that many of the people that actually own major media outlets could have possibly been identified due to the fact that many were and are connected to the Second Mile Foundation, either directly or indirectly. Again, Sandusky was the one they're going to shine the spotlight on. He's the fall guy. Not to say he's not guilty, but he's just the tip of the iceberg. So that the others are, they're still under the water. He's just the tip sticking up out of the water. He's the one being exposed. But this gigantic iceberg of pedophilia is under the water still hidden. Which is the way they wanted it to work out. Um, while corporate mockingbird media continues this nonstop coverage of the Sandusky conviction, we, we must remember that they refused to even look into the much more startling and hardcore claims that Sandusky was actually pimping out children to rich and powerful donors through his charity. Um, Jason Bemis's documentary is called Invisible Empire, which I believe you can go up on YouTube and see. Invisible Empire follows sex scandals out of Washington to the dark claims of occult rituals and patterns of child sex abuse. Then you get into the Bohemian Grove and all these other things where these guys, it's it's like clockwork. Whenever you're dealing with high-level Luciferians, Satanists, Illuminati types, they always engage 
and homosexual activity among, among one another, and also typically child sacrifice, which we've got a lot into in the past weeks, and also pedophilic, homosexual um, acts with young children, the littler the better. I mean, these people are the most depraved, evil, wicked people on the planet. And they're the ones that are running the show, pretty much. I understand the Lord Jesus Christ is, 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 is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty and ever maketh intercession for the saints. I understand that. But unfortunately, in this present-day world, um, Satan has pre-positioned these people in the highest levels of, you name it, and they are the most depraved ones on the planet. And this is one of the reasons, or the, one of the main reasons, why things are degenerating so quickly and rapidly. Because when you have uh, this type of dynamic going on, it's going to affect society in, a, in a, an adverse way. So, um, that was that article. I wanted just to touch on that because I didn't want to just let... I didn't want to let the Sandusky thing go by without actually commenting on it. And I think, that, again, the bigger issue was was these people, he was, these rich donors that were, were being, these children were being pimped out. And you would say, well, how can somebody do that? Well, they're demon-possessed of the toenails. They have no conscience. I mean, Sandusky, you know, denied everything. Here he's got ten guys. Now they're most of them are grown men. All pointing the finger to him, many of them bawling their eyes out, and this devil from the pit of hell has the audacity to basically call them all liars and say, "Oh no, I never did any of this." He, it's almost like when you when you saw the guy, he had almost like this stupidly confused look on his face, like I, I can't believe they're they're actually saying this about me, you know? I, I mean. And the guy's guilty as sin. He's got all these... I mean, he was caught in the shower at Penn State with one of these boys, engaged in sodomy, essentially, by a guy that was an assistant coach on the team. But it wasn't me. Oh, it wasn't you. I guess my eyes betrayed me. And then all of these other come out of the woodwork. You're telling me a grown man would come out and accuse somebody of something like that, just because they're trying to get back at him? I mean, that would be the most shameful thing a man could ever admit to. I mean, it took a lot of courage for those now-grown men to do this. I can't imagine what kind of courage. And I mean, many of them were just sobbing uncontrollably on the stage. Oh yeah, they, they just made it all up. He... They just all had it out for good old Jer Bear, and 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 he was you know he was pure as a driven snow. He he never hurt anybody. Great guy, you know. They just made it all up. This devil had the audacity to basically say they're all lying, and I'm telling the truth. I, I guess that was the thing that burned me the most about it is is that these people truly don't. They are such pathological liars. They don't have any conscience. If you could look into their soul, all you would see is the is blackened coal. There is no light within them. It's like death is too good for them. The Bible says if you offend one of these little ones which believeth on me, it's better than a millstone hung about your neck and you can be cast into the midst of the sea. No fear of God whatsoever and will just lie like a rug until their dying breath saying, oh, it wasn't me. I never did none of it. But you know what? When they're burning in hell, 
when the, when the devils and the demons and where the worm dieth not and when their body is being consumed over and over and over in fire, they won't be able to lie then. They won't be able to lie anymore. Here's the next article. A sickening defense of gay marriage by a, quote, Christian church. <laughs> These articles just get better and better today. <clears throat> this is by a guy named Phil Shepard. It shows a picture of him. He calls himself the Whiskey Preacher. The Whiskey Preacher. There's no red flags there. Anyway, and then it's an, he entitles this story A Billboard of Love. Now, I'm looking at this billboard, essentially. This is the... Not the actual billboard, but it's what was on this billboard. And it says, Mission Gathering Christian Church is so sorry for the narrow-minded, judgmental, deceptive, manipulative actions of those who denied rights and equality to so many in the name of God. This was in response to Amendment 1. Amendment 1 where they just voted in North Carolina that, you know, a man and a woman... That's what constitutes a legal, traditional marriage, not a man and a man. It's not Adam and Steve, but it's Adam and Eve. Okay. Well, this wonderful church called Mission Gathering is, is reaching out to the bisexuals and the homosexuals and, and all of the, the warped, perverted, sick devils out there and, and wanting to let them know that we're, we're so sorry for those narrow-minded, judgmental, deceptive, manipulative actions of those who denied rights and equality to so many of these wicked, homosexual, bisexual sodomites in the name of God. I, I kind of threw some verbiage in there. But yeah, that's what they're basically saying. So they're apologizing. Evidently, they think they're apologizing on behalf of God or Christianity. Well, please don't speak for me. <laughs> Because I could care less what your opinion is. All that really matters is what the Bible says. And this is why eventually the Bible will have to be outlawed. Uh, at least the King James. Because a lot of the other ones have watered this subject down so much, you wouldn't even know. But the King James hasn't. Anyway, this, this wonderful whiskey preacher goes on to say, I'm a sucker for a great love story. And he goes on, and I, I, I edited this out. He goes on to say how he was how he went and saw like the Titanic like 13 times and was the, the, he was the big guy in the back bawling so hard that he could hardly you know contain himself and made a big scene and all these things. How he's so compassionate, wonderful, and loving and just a great, great guy. Big teddy bear, you know, anyway. But, and then he goes on to say, though some may disagree with me, they have that right to be wrong. And he says, insert evil grin here. So in other words, anybody that disagrees with him is wrong. Okay, the whiskey preacher. I think God's story to creation is the ultimate love story. We, the creation, were made in the image of our creator and Hebraic, Muslim, and Christian scriptures. So he's got to make sure he has the Muslim aspect in there too because we're just all big, one big happy family of Christianity, Jews, Christians, everybody. I mean, throw the Hindus and the Zoroastrians and everybody in there. It's all the same thing to him. Anyway, um, and the Hebraic, Muslim, and Christian scriptures tell us the creation narrative that we're just not made a good creation, but a really good creation. Oh, wow. Genesis one thirty one. When I try to engage um, 
Scripture as a whole narrative, not as a piecemeal argument resource. I am often reminded that we, as the creation, have been created in the eyes of our Creator in a really, as a really good creation. In other words, everybody's really good. The gays, the homosexuals, the sodomites, the pedophiles, they're all good. We're all created good. If that's the way we were created, then we're good. It doesn't matter, because it's good. It's all good. Hmm. That's interesting. Not biblical, but interesting. I'm going to get into some Bible verses here very shortly. Um, with this concept of the, at the helm of my engagement of Scripture, even though, even through the painful obstacles of life, I comprehend that I am not alone and that God loves me. Well, what does the Bible say about this particular subject? Let's look at what the Word of God says, because I could care less about the whiskey preacher's opinion I could care less about my opinion. If it contradicts the Word of God, who cares? All that really matters is what does the Word of God say about this particular subject? Well, Proverbs seventeen fifteen, He that justifieth the wicked, and he that condemneth the just, even they both are an abomination to the Lord. Now, this is what the whiskey preacher's doing. He's going to tell us how wonderful this billboard was and this and that. And, 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 you know, I'm sure he's probably a homosexual himself. He's justifying the wicked. And he's condemning the just. Because the just, in this particular case, anybody that would be against gay marriage, he's going to condemn them. This church is condemning them. What does God say? He that justified the wicked... And he that condemneth the just. Now that's the norm nowadays in general society. That's the norm. Even they both are an abomination to the Lord. Oh, that's not politically correct. Yeah, it's not. But let God be true and every man a liar. For we are all together as an unclean thing and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. What are some other verses? Psalm 9.5 Thou hast rebuked the heathen, thou hast destroyed the wicked, thou hast put out their name forever and ever. Well, that's not nice. Oh, that's what the Bible says. The wicked ultimately are destroyed. He's put out their name forever and ever. Hmm. What, is that, what does the Bible also say? Well, Proverbs 9.17 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. Which is pretty much where America's going, for the most part. A nation that has forgotten God and His Word. The wicked shall be turned into hell. Well, that's not very loving. Huh? What did God do to Sodom and Gomorrah? <laughs> I mean, look at what He did to Sodom and Gomorrah. Killed every one of them. You know, so, I mean, obviously, yeah, I know Lot got out, but his wife turned back. She got turned into pillars of salt. His daughters, okay. But everybody else were annihilated. What were they? Sodomites, homosexual, probably bisexual, probably you name it. They were doing it. I mean, they were beyond wicked. God wiped them all out. And you have these pansies like this, writing these articles, saying as, acting as though they're speaking on behalf of God, when it's an absolute contradiction of the word of God. Why would they even want to call themselves a Christian at all? 
It has nothing to do with the Bible, what they're saying. The Bible's contradictory to everything they're saying. But again, yeah, there's a lot of watered-down Bibles nowadays that, you know, maybe they can preach out of those and feel good about. That's why it's very important what Bible you're reading. You need to be reading the King James Bible, not these other perversions that all come out of Alexandria, Egypt, ultimately. So, again, see my teaching, just key in KJV at um, contendingfortruth.com. KJV, and I've done more than one teaching on this subject. What does Psalm 26.5 say? It says, I have hated the congregation of evildoers. Oh no, God loves everyone. Um, yeah, but it says, I have hated the congregation of evildoers. I will not sit with the wicked. Is that really true? No, no, you have to be the judge. I have hated the congregation of the evildoers. Huh. What does Psalm 37, 28 say? For the Lord loveth judgment, and forsaketh not his saints, they are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. Huh. Well, that doesn't seem real nice and loving, Mr. Whiskey Preacher. What do you think about these verses? Oh, I prefer not to read those. It doesn't make them not true. (laughs) You can ignore them all you want. It really is irrelevant. But you will do so at your own peril. Psalm 68.2 says, As smoke is driven away, so drive them away, as wax melteth before the fire. So let the wicked perish at the presence of God. Loving. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Psalm 12, verse 8. That's why when we've got like the most vile president the world has, I think, probably ever known, Obama, and then all of these vile people in Hollywood and in the music industry, like Lady Gaga and these other vile, disgusting reprobates. Did you hear about the new perfume Lady Gaga is coming out with? It's a combination of her own DNA, blood, man's sperm, and one other abominable substance. I'm like, there's no wickedness that evil witch will not try to perform, it seems. I mean, the wickedness of, of Hollywood and the music industry, it's almost overwhelming. It's almost like to the point where I have to deal with so much. If you've noticed my, my emails, I'm sending out a lot more now. I'm just trying to keep up with all the evil. I'm trying to give people a heads up. I can't do it all. I can't cover it all every week. There's no way. I mean, if I had a daily broadcast, I could do it. But I can't do it. I, I'm just trying to like cover what I can cover, and the other stuff I'm trying to put out via email, you know. But I've been putting out a massive amount of information because there's been so much, many horrific developments almost on a daily basis. You, you can't even hardly comprehend it all. Uh, let's go further with these Bible verses. Uh, I 
I believe I already read that one. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melted before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. Does that mean we want to see people go to hell? No, obviously not. Okay, I'm not saying I'm not talking about that. But as somebody that is a wicked person, and God does know the beginning from the end, we're going to be discussing this in a second. Um, the whole concept of a wicked person. No, you're not praying for anybody to go to hell. If it be possible, you know, it's it's the Lord's will that they should all come to repentance, you know, and, and none would perish. But the fact remains is that the wicked are going to do wickedly for the most part. Narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. That's just the facts of, of our existence. The Bible says in Psalm 119, 155, the first part says, salvation is far from the wicked. Proverbs 3.33 says, the curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked. Ever hear anybody preach on these verses? I'm not saying I'm better, I'm just saying. I mean, these are just, you know, verses that I want you to understand the subject. Because it's, it's kind of a really heavy duty one to grasp. Especially the verses I'm going to be getting into. I'm just setting you up for some further verses. I've covered this before when I did the teaching on the star children and the indigo children. But this is a little bit more in depth, actually. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked. But he blesseth the habitation of the just. In today's day and age, I mean, this, these have special applications too because there are, it just seems like wickedness is increasing every single day. It seems like it's on all sides of us, everywhere we turn. So this is kind of help you to understand this concept. Psalm 34, 21. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. Amos 5.15. Hate the evil, and love the good, and establish judgment in the gate. Now this is just judgment. He who is spiritual judgeth all things. That's what the Bible says in the New Testament. Judge righteous judgment. Jesus Christ said that. Well, they'll say, oh, no, no, the Bible says judge not lest you be judged. That's what they just love to, to put out there. Yes, if you have a beam in your own eye, read the verse, read the context of the verse. If you have a beam in your own eye, yes, judge not lest you be judged. Okay? But it says remove the beam in your own eyes to, so that you can judge the speck in your brother's eye. So that you can actually judge that and help them. God loves righteous judgment. Righteous judgment is a absolute um, quality of a righteous society. You have to have righteous judgment. When judgment gets warped and perverted is when society degenerates. When you start calling evil good and good evil, and that becomes the judgment standard, which it is in today's day and age. I mean, did you see that video I put out in the, in the last email on, on those Muslims up in Dearborn, Michigan? Literally starting, I mean, they were throwing, in some cases, blocks of uh, chunks of concrete at those guys that were holding up the signs. And they weren't even preaching. They were just holding up signs that were enraging them. And did you notice they were all young did you see how demon-possessed they were, those Muslims? They were throwing urine on them, cussing at them in every way, shape you can imagine. Oh, that's really holy. That's really, you know, Allah, you know, this religion of peace, I'll tell you what, you know. And this was in Michigan. And the cops come 
and ultimately say, you have to go because you're creating this problem. And they're like, we're standing here with signs, doing nothing. They're screaming at us every time. And you guys are not even around. I really truly believe those police were working with them. It was obvious. And they were they would like leave for a long time. The people would get more violent, more violent. I mean, if they could, they would have killed them all. Guaranteed. Those kids were demon-possessed. If you saw the looks in their eyes and the rage and the things that were coming out of their, their mouths, they were demon-possessed. Religion of peace. They would have killed every one of those men if they could have. If they could have got away with it, I guarantee if that would have been in the Middle East, they would have all been beheaded right then. Probably tortured and then beheaded. They wanted them dead so bad, it was so obvious. But they just can't, there, there wasn't quite, you know... The police weren't quite far away where they could maybe get away with it. And they really wouldn't want that in the front page of the paper quite yet, you know. They haven't, their numbers aren't quite big enough to where they can maybe pull that off. But boy, they wanted to. They wanted to kill him if they could. Mm-mm, they don't like being told the truth. And the cops ultimately end up coming and saying, you're creating this problem, you have to leave, and if you don't, you're going to basically be put in jail. So long to your... First Amendment right, or, you know. I mean, it was a public place. It was this this Dearborn Fair, Muslim Fair, they've got every year. I tell you, it was, it was the most bold video I have seen yet of the Muslims in America and where it's going with that whole subject. Pure evil. And the cops were basically totally on the side of the Muslims. Totally protected them. Totally let them get away. Well, they would have just about let them get away with murder. I mean, one of those guys could have died. They were throwing chunks of concrete. Hit him in the right spot in the head. He could have died. They would have got away with murder. They said, well, we don't know who threw it. And these guys were here and they shouldn't have been here. And, uh, you know, they got what they deserved, basically. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That's becoming the norm. So, going further here with these Bible verses... And again, these are all in the PDF. I've got them all there highlighted. You can print them out. Um, I don't ever, you know, it's all for free. All the all the teachings are for free. And again, I always want to take time to thank people that have donated um, to our ministry. And, and thank you for, for um, well, we praise the Lord for you that we've been able to actually, I've been actually able to do this full time now um, as a result of, of, um, of your donations and your prayers. And, um, because I, I, (laughs) this is definitely a full-time job at this point, (laughs) just to try to keep up with all the news, but we, we praise the Lord for you and God bless you. Um, so going further, uh, let's see where I left off here. The Bible says, hate the evil and love the good. It's not wrong to hate evil. You know, it's not wrong to be righteous and dignant over these matters. It should make you righteous and dignant. That's an attribute of God. The Bible says, Be ye angry and sin not. Hate the evil, love the good, and establish judgment in the gate. Just judgment. God loves just judgment. Proverbs 16.4 The Lord hath made all things for himself. Listen to this. Yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. What? Yeah, that's what the Bible says. 
The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked, for the day of evil. Well, I don't understand that. I don't really understand it either. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't. But it says it, and I believe it. Daniel 12.10 says, Many shall be purified and made white. Now this is regarding the end times. This is regarding, basically I believe, the tribulation period most likely, or leading up to it as well. Many shall be purified and made white. This is the trial of our faith they're in reference to here. And tried. Meaning they're going to be tried. They're not, we're, we're not going to just have it easy. In order to be purified and made white, you're tried. And that's a testing, a trying process. But the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise shall understand. See, like with this guy, this whiskey preacher, for instance... Or Sandusky. It's almost like when you, when you hear this guy interviewed, it's almost like he feels like when they're interviewing him, he's so delusional. He's so demon-possessed. His mind is so darkened with sin. He doesn't think he's doing anything wrong. It's almost like you look at the guy and he's convinced himself in his own mind. We, we were just having a, a close, intimate relationship. I was just sharing that with uh, my little uh, 10-year-old boy toy. And, and, and I was I was being good to him. I gave him a better life. And, and I was just showing how affectionate I was to him. What, while you're raping him and sodomizing him? Yeah. Yeah, there was nothing wrong. They, they, they talk that way. They act that way. The wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. It, it, it's almost like when I saw Sandusky in these interviews, it's almost like that verse, it's almost like he didn't even understand what he was doing wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. He pleads not guilty. I'm not guilty of anything. I mean, it's like... <laughs> Maybe I'm giving him too much credit. Okay. But it, you understand what I'm saying, though? That concept of the wicked... But this guy writing this article, this whiskey preacher, he thinks he's doing right. He's speaking on behalf of Satan, yet he thinks he's so wonderful and so liberal and he's sticking up for the, for the gay movement and he calls himself a Christian... He's a wicked person doing wickedly and not even understanding. Like the Bible says in this verse. But the wise shall understand. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of understanding. Fear of the Lord. The wise shall understand. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4.6. Okay? But if you're not destroyed for lack of knowledge, that means you are understanding. We're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. So if he's not getting an, understand, uh, an advantage of us, it's because we're understanding his devices, and we're not falling into those. Understanding is very important. Wisdom, knowledge is very important in, this, in the end times. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 24, 24, that if it be possible, they shall deceive the very elect, the wicked, the false prophets, the Antichrist, they shall deceive the very elect, if it be possible. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that during this time, and leading up to this time, essentially, but God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. God's sending the strong delusion. You just want to be making sure that you're not caught up in that strong delusion. Because if you are, the Bible says you're going to be damned. 
I mean, if you're going around calling wickedness good and goodness wickedness, you're pretty much in strong delusion. Now, I understand none of us have it all figured out. None of us all have, you know, every every little aspect of anything nailed down, me included. But it is, it is a, we're talking about the end times here and how important it is to have an understanding of what's going on so that you do not fall into deception, so that you're not destroyed for lack of knowledge and that you're not ignorant of Satan's devices. Why? Lest he get an advantage of you. So, going further, uh, let's see here. Next Bible verse. But again, remember, even the Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Psalm 58.3, the wicked are estranged from the womb. Almost like they're, they go astray from the womb. They, they're estranged, they're, they're estranged from God. It's like if your wife were to leave you, she's estranged from you. The wicked are estranged from the womb. Meaning they were born that way. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Huh. It's hard to comprehend this. But, if the Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil, that would make sense. Matthew 13, 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came on him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. The tares like the weeds. Okay? The weeds that grew up in the field. And he answered them and said, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. The field is the world. And the good seed are the children of the kingdom. In this particular case, let's say born again, Bible-believing Christians. Okay? But the tares, the weeds are the children of the wicked one. Okay. Now let's look at, to, to make, a, make this a little bit clearer, see Genesis 3.15, where God's pronouncing judgment on the woman and the serpent. And he says, and I will put enmity, that means war, between thee and the woman, meaning the serpent and the woman, and between thy seed, the serpent's seed, and her seed, the seed of, of in this particular case, you know, Eve. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So in other words, the Bible does talk about two seeds. Now I've done teachings on the serpent seed. You can key in serpent seed in the keyword search box. I don't want to go down that thing, but I've already done a full teaching on that at contendingfortruth.com. And no, I do not believe Eve had sex with Satan. Sorry, we don't need that. And I biblically refute and prove that, that we do not need that. And I'm sorry if you don't agree with me, but you're not going to convince me otherwise because in order to do that, you have to, in order to believe that, there's a lot of things you have to assume in the Bible. And you're you're doing just that. You're assuming things that there's no way you can biblically prove. Whereas the theory that I adhere to, I can prove biblically. So, anyway. um, And if you saw where all that came from, I I get into that in the teaching anyway. You have to look at where do these theories come from? Where, you know, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Anyway. The tares are the children of the wicked one. Okay. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire... 
Okay, they're going to root up the weeds, burn them in fire, hell. So shall it be in the end of the world. As the Son of Man shall send forth his angels and shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them in the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth, obviously in regard to hell. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears, let him hear. The burden of the word of the Lord. Okay, now we're going to go to Malachi 1.1. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I love Jacob, and I hated Esau. Oh, God doesn't hate anybody. He just he loves everybody unconditionally. That's not what the Bible says. I'm sorry. It doesn't say that. It says, and I hated Esau. That's what God said. And laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Where else does it say that? Romans 9.13 As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. God had created all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Again, if you have problems with these verses, you have problems with the word of God. I'm not, you know, your enemy here. I'm just stating the obvious. I'm just kind of putting these together so you can understand this particular tenet of scripture, principle of scripture, is conveyed many, many times in both Old and New Testament. It's not popular to preach from the pulpit because they would lose a lot of congregants. It would offend a lot of people. They'd probably lose a lot of their tithe money. You know, wouldn't want that. Anyway, Romans 9, 14, next verse. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Now this is after it just said, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? In other words, is that unrighteous for God to hate Esau? Says God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. That's God's decision, in other words. So then, is it not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy? For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for the same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show thee my that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. What he did with Pharaoh, with all the plagues and all the stuff, and how he hardened his heart. So why? So that his name might be declared throughout all the earth, and that the Jews could see these miracles that God was doing, and hopefully they would understand that, that you know, he was the true God of, you know, heaven, universe, period. Okay, I mean, it would strengthen their faith, you would think. Of course, then... With them making the golden calf after they get over into, uh, after they cross the Red Sea there, you know, that wasn't exactly <laughs> showing um, uh, God that they were uh, grateful. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy and on whom he hardeneth. And on whom he will he hardeneth. Like he hardened Pharaoh's heart. Okay, that's what the Bible says. Will thou say then unto me, why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the powder power over the clay? In other words, if a potter is making a 
pot of clay, can the clay say to the potter, why have you made me this way? Because he's our creator. Have not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? God hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil? This is These are the vessels of dishonor. What's well, not fair? I don't care what you say. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not the one that makes the rule book with the Bible. <laughs> Take it up with God. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Next verse, Romans 9.22. What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endureth with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? Fitted that word means to be prepared aforetime, meaning prepared ahead of time. They were prepared ahead of time for destruction. God hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Yeah, well, that lines up with that verse, too. These are the vessels of wrath. People like Sandusky, Obama, Lady Gaga, these are extreme, really wicked examples. But they are vessels of wrath, fitted, prepared before time. And why? Well, because God, willing to make, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. See, he's actually enduring with much long suffering all of this wickedness as well. Even though with God there's really no concept of time because he's outside of time, but that's a whole other story. Next verse. And that he might make make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, that would be like you and I, born-again Bible-believing Christians, vessels of mercy. He's had mercy on us to save us. Which he hath afore prepared unto glory. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. Even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. Praise the Lord. Uh, then let's go to Romans 1, 26-28. It says, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, and even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, meaning women with women, lesbians. For even their women did change the natural use, which is use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, gays, homosexuals, bisexuals, Sodom and Gomorrah type stuff, burning their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of air which was meat. That word meat, it's M-E-E-T, means fitting. It was proper. The, the recompense of air that they received was proper and fitting in God's eyes, in other words. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, well, of course not. Oh, uh, the only God they're going to want to retain, like this whiskey preacher, is the big guy in the sky. He's a God of love. He loves me any way I act, anything that I do. He created me this way, and God loves me, and I can act like the biggest devil on the planet. He's still going to love me and accept me. That's what they believe. And it's obvious by like the way this guy's writing. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient. God let them have it their way, in other words. Reprobate. They're perverted, vile, disgusting. Turned over to a reprobate mind. Jumping to verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, 
not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. See, deep down they can deny it all day long, but they know the judgment of God. They just want to they want to try to con themselves into thinking that, yeah, God will never judge me for this. I can do whatever I want. Leviticus 20.13 says, If a man lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. So see, in Old Testament times, sodomites or homosexuals, um, I would imagine bisexuals included, they were killed. They were put to death. It's a moral commandment here. It's not like ceremonial where, you know, you trim your beard a certain way and you don't combine fabrics that you're wearing. Those are, those are ceremonial type of things. Not to say there's not wisdom in a lot of those things that God went over, but these are, this is a moral commandment. These, these things don't change. I mean, it's still an abomination to God. Why didn't they quote that verse? Why did this mission gathering church quote that verse? If man lieth with mankind, as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination, they shall surely be put to death. <laughs> Their blood shall be upon them. <laughs> that make a good billboard. <laughs> it would. It'd make a great billboard. Oh, we couldn't do that. That would not be politically correct. Yeah, it's more merciful to placate them and tell them that, you know what, we don't want to offend you. God loves you. And you're going to go to heaven just like everyone else. And we're all part of God's creation. And we love you and we don't want to offend you. And there you go. That's, that's real merciful. Yeah. Just, just let them wallow in sin and let them think that they're doing the right thing. And then when they plunge into hell, they've been realized they've been lied to. Just like people that go up there and say, oh, the Catholics, you know, we don't want to say anything to offend our, our fellow Catholic brethren. And we admire them for their stance on abortion, stuff like that. And all the while, the Catholics are hanging over, over hell by a thread, one heartbeat away from dropping into hell because they're trusting in their works-based pseudo-Christian death cult that teaches things totally contrary to the Bible regarding salvation. They're not saved, but it's more, it's, it's, it's more merciful. It's, it's, it's a better thing that we be reach out to them and placate them and tell them that they're our brethren and we're all on the same side and we're going we're gonna to get on, we're going to find common ground, the abortion issue, for instance, or other maybe things regarding morality, traditional marriage, things like that. We're going to yoke up with you, whereas the Bible says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what communion hath righteousness with unrighteousness and Christ with Belial, which is the devil. We're going to yoke up with you We'll, we'll, we'll yoke up with the Mormons too because they're very, on the surface, very morally upright people. Maybe even throw the Jehovah Witnesses in there and the Seventh-day Adventists. We're going to yoke up with you even though you all teach a false gospel. Even you all teach a false works-based gospel. But we don't want to offend you even though you're all on your way to hell. But we don't have the backbone though enough to tell you that you're on your way to hell. And you're going to rot in hell for eternity and burn in hell for eternity. You and all your family if you don't repent. We're not going to do that. No, no, never, ever. We would not want to offend. It's going to be real offensive when they fall into hell, though. How offensive is that going to be when they realize they've been lied to? So what's more merciful? What is more merciful? What is really showing a person that you love them? Is it lying to them and placating them and acting like everything they're doing is fine and they're, and they're doing a good thing in their workspace death cult? 
with some pseudo-Christian veneer? Is that more merciful? Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? According to Galatians 4.16, most of the time, yeah, you tell somebody the truth, you become their enemy. I've had it up to here with the Catholic stuff. All these ministries out there, oh, we, you know, we've got many Catholic listeners. We wouldn't want to offend anybody. We admire you for your stance on abortion and this and that. All the while they're going to hell and taking other people with them. I really can see how we're going to easily have a one world religion right now where everybody's going to be getting on the same page because there's so much compromise within the body, within the Christian circles, I should say pseudo-Christian circles, that they're going to all be on the same page. They're all yoked up through their 501c3 tax exempt ex- uh, exemption through the IRS that actually gave them their right to exist, their 501c3 corporate status. And they're, and they're supposed to abide by IRS guidelines. Well, if that's your head, if that's your creator... That's a problem. Because that head, that creator is about as wicked as it gets. And you don't think that's going to affect your church spiritually? Where does it say to do that in the, in the Bible? To become a corporation. Yoke yourself up with the government and the IRS. Where does it say that at? I don't see it anywhere. I don't see Jesus doing it. I don't see any apostles doing it. I don't see any Bible for denominations. They're all their own little cliques that think they got everything figured out. Their own little respective way to heaven. Most of them are all works-based Pseudo-Christian cults at this point. Work, work, work your way to heaven. I'm not saying works don't follow salvation. Works don't follow faith. I'm not saying that. Okay, obviously, yes. You're saved. You're going to produce works. Fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance. You know, if you're a true Christian and you live like the devil and live in sin, well, the Bible says, whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. You should see chastening on a person's life. If they're out of the will of God, there's a lot of earmarks of a Christian. Okay? I will show you my faith by my works. Okay? True. I'm just saying, if you think you're working your way to heaven, and you keeping the seven sacraments is going to get you into heaven, that is an abomination in the sight of God. That is counting Jesus Christ, His shed blood, His finished work on the cross, His death, burial, and resurrection as dumb. Essentially. Because, no, no, that's not good enough for me. i got to work my way to heaven. And if you don't understand that concept about salvation, go to my website, contendingfortruth.com, click on the salvation tab, and listen to those teachings in that order. Because I go through salvation first, then baptism, and then other things that you will encounter in your Christian walk. The process of overcoming, the process of bearing the cross of Christ, these types of things. But I like to cover them one at a time, and not commingle everything together. One thing at a time. Anyway. Getting back to the um, Bible verses, yeah, in the, in the Old Testament, it was death. I mean, they should surely be put to death. Leviticus 18, 22, 30. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Neither shall thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Do you know the military now has clauses where they can actually commit bestiality, sex with animals on the base, and, and they won't get court-martialed? It's legal now? I covered that not, you know, I don't know, within the last year. Yeah, they've got that sick thing on there. Yeah. Neither shall any woman stand before beast to lie down thereunto. It is confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled which I cast out before you. And the land is defiled. 
Therefore, I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. That's what ultimately happens to a land where this is going on. It's probably going to happen to America. Because we got a ton of this going on. When you defile the land with innocent blood, 70 million abortions, <laughs> there's actually way more than that, morning after pill, a lot of other factors that go along there. Many birth controls are abortifactive, like the patch and the pill. They actually create abortions in the womb. Okay, God counts those too. You know, man might not, but God counts those as abortions as well. So who knows what the true number is? It's all innocent blood crying out from the land. I mean, one person in the Bible, the first murder committed, Cain slew, um, slew Abel, and it was such a big deal, just one person's blood crying out from the land. God had this conversation with Cain. You're, the, the blood of your brother cries out from the land. Well, what about billions crying out from the land? I can't even imagine. And then the homosexual activity and the sodomite activity and the bestiality and whatever other garbage is going on in America. And the land is defiled, therefore do I visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. I'm not saying God can't protect a true Christian remnant, but I'm saying for the most part, I believe this is what's coming, because we have biblical precedent for it. Luke 17.28, Likewise also, as in the days of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. All the sick, twisted perverts. And homosexual, bisexual, whatever was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. Thus even shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Which we're getting you know, closer to. Jude 1.6, the angels which kept not their first estate, meaning the ones that fell during Genesis 6, most likely is what we're in reference to. No, it's definitely what we're in reference to. The angels which kept not their first estate, their first estate meaning their first home, their first habitation, which was heaven, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, under the judgment of the great day. The ones that fell in Genesis 6 and took the daughters of men all that they chose, procreated with them, had women, bore a race of giants called the Nephilim, um, the Hebrew Nephilim, the giants, the fallen ones. This is what we're in reference to here, okay? Even, next verse, even as Sodom and Gomorrah. So now we're comparing Sodom and Gomorrah with the fallen angels of Genesis 6 that came down and procreated with women. Why? Because they were going after strange flesh. Angels aren't weren't created to come down and procreate with women. Just like the men of Sodom and Gomorrah weren't created to have sex with one another. It's an abomination to God. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, meaning men with men, women with women, that's what it means are set forth as an example. See, Sodom and Gomorrah is an example to all the gays and all the bisexuals and all the perverts and all the pedophiles worldwide. It's an example. Genesis 6 is an example. What happened to those fallen angels? It says here that they're reserved in chains under darkness under the judgment of the great day. There's another verse that talks about a specific part of hell and it's the hell is translated from the word called Tartarus. It's the only time it's used in the, Old, in the New Testament. 
And it's a special compartment of hell where the fallen angels are. Why? They're set, these two examples are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. That's what God says about homosexuals, bisexuals, pedophiles, and, and lesbians in that ilk. So am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? If I am, so be it. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. Okay, I'm going to finish this up here and then I'm going to go to the next article. This realization that I am not alone and that my creator... Now, here we're going back to Mr. Whiskey Preacher. This realization that I am not alone and that my creator loves me has not always been through my interactions with scripture alone. I mean, again, what, what Bible was he reading? You see the scriptures I just read? <laughs> anyway, but on the contrary, many times this realization has been enabled by the hands of those who have filled in the gap as amb ambassadors of love Mission Gathering Church and Emerging Church, emerging church the Emerging Church Movement, co-mingled with witchcraft and New Age religion and every other perversion on the planet. Well, guess what? It's an emerging church. More wonderful fruit. Out of San Diego, California, has once again taken up the mantle of love. Again, it's not love. It's hate. It's telling them what they want to hear, so ultimately they'll end up plunging into the lake of fire and thinking all along they were doing good. Anyway, they've taken up the mantle of love this week and have become ambassadors to the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer movement community in North Carolina, letting them know that they are not alone and that God does love them. With the passing of Amendment 1, which bans same-sex marriage in, in North Carolina, Mission Gathering, as an act of love, bought a billboard, showed above, and put it on, of all places, Billy Graham Avenue, stating this, and again, I've already read this to you, but Mission Gathering... Christian Church is so sorry for the narrow-minded, judgmental, deceptive, manipulative actions of those who denied rights and equality to so many in the name of God. End of quote. Love stories are not always easy to watch, let alone be part of, especially when the act of love is met with hate, name-calling, and sometimes violence. Oh, I know. Us Christians are so violent. We're going out there beating these gays up all the time. I mean, it's just a... No, actually, it's the opposite way around. If you actually look at their actions, they'll take one isolated incident of some freak that goes and does some vigilante type of thing, or whatever. And a lot of times they're not even Christians. They're just some guy with an axe to grind. And they'll key on that when all of these other gay, homosexual, bisexual, true hate crimes committed against Christians go totally ignored in the papers. Totally. And there's way more of them. But, again, we can't talk about that. Neither are love stories easy to watch when the act of love is met with loss of rights, shackling the people to the gallows of inequality. Oh, what's this world coming to? I mean, that was a real hallmark moment. I don't know about you guys, but, I mean, it was warm the cockles of my heart. Anyway, I inserted those Bible verses so that you could contrast what the Word of God says as opposed to Mr. Whiskey Preacher and this mission-gathering emerging church. Just products of absolute evil and wickedness. So i got to end part one here. We'll go to part two next. God bless you. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. 
Please help us continue this work to support this ministry. Our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.